This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no My despairing cry from the waters lifted me. Now safe am I. Love lifted me. Love lifted me when nothing else could help.
On the wings of a snow white dove, he sends his pure sweet love, a sign from above. On the wings of a dove, when troubles surround us, when evils come, the body goes weak. The spirit grows numb When these things beset us He doesn't forget us He sends down his love On the wings of a dove On the wings of a snow He sends his fierce a sign from above On the wings of a dove When Noah had drifted On the flood many days He searched for land In various ways Now troubles he but he wasn't forgotten God sent him his love On the wings of a dove On the wings of a snow white dove He sends his pure sweet love A sign from When Jesus went down to the waters that day, he was baptized in the usual way. When it was done, God blessed his son, he sent down his Lord. On the wings of a snow, a snow white dove, he sends his pure sweet love, a sign from above. On the wings of a dove, on the wings of a snow, a snow white dove, he sends his pure sweet love, a sign from above. Welcome to worship, good neighbors. You are listening to a Neighbors United in Christ Parish Worship Service, sponsored by the Lutheran Churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Lauren Tague, and thanks today to Jim Haugrud and Debbie Tague, our musicians. And our reader will be Eileen Flatten, and provider, and she will provide the children's message also. And our recording engineer is Isaac Christensen. You are able to join us by NUIC podcast and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning on WPCA Radio, 
93.1 FM and its live internet stream on www.wpcaradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577 or by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, and through our website at www.nuicparish.org. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by Jerry and Judy Winchell. We want to thank Judy and Jerry and WPCA Radio for this broadcast. We hope that many of you will join us next Sunday on the 21st. In the uh, late afternoon, we'll be having a pie social at Little Falls with sloppy joes and other fixings for you to come and enjoy. So hope many of you can come and enjoy that time. The church is anywhere people gather in Jesus' name, even when we are not together in a church building. God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time, worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church. You may want to have a cloth to lay before you, a candle and a cross, you might enjoy making a small worship space to enhance your at-home worship experience. You may also want to have a Bible and Bibles for the kids and the home worship materials. As we begin worship, it is our desire to honor God, to open our hearts to the spirit of God's love and presence and begin with the invocation. Dedicating this hour to the presence and purposes of God, we worship together with God the Creator, Jesus our Savior, and the Spirit, our breath of life. Amen. We'll continue with the confession and forgiveness. We confess our sins before God and one another. Faithful God, we are not always quick to claim you as our God. We do not show care for one another. We fail to see all people as your people and hurt one another with our actions or lack of action. Forgive us our sins and give us the same fierce love for our neighbors that Ruth had for Naomi. God who calls and sustains forgives you all your sins. Go forth in the confidence of God's loving care in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. We'll continue then with our gathering songs. What a friend we have in Jesus All our sins and grace to bear What a privilege to carry Everything to God in prayer Oh 
Please join me in the prayer of the day. 
God of loving kindness, in the midst of Naomi's grief, Ruth's love and loyalty turned her despair to hope. Teach us compassion that has the power to heal for the sake of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now I'd like to encourage you uh, to share a sign of peace. Bless yourself or someone worshiping with you today, beginning with a touch on the forehead and use the Trinity formula. Be blessed, or I am blessed in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, at this time, we'd like to turn to the Holy Scriptures, so if you would grab your Bibles and follow along as Eileen shares Scripture and the children's message with us. The first reading is from Ruth, chapter 1. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem in Judah went to live in the country of Moab, he and his wife and two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malan and Chilion. They were Ephratites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives, the name of one was Orpah, and the name of the other Ruth. When they had lived there about ten years, both Malan and Chilion also died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Then she started to return with her daughter-in-laws from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had considered his people and given them food. So she set out to the place where she had been living, she and her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to go back to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go back each of you to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find security, each of you in the house of your husband. Then she kissed them and they wept aloud. They said to her, no, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb that may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. Even if I have thought there was hope for me, even if I should have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you then wait until they have grown? Would you then refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, it has been far more bitter for me than for you, because the hand of the Lord has turned against me. Then they wept aloud again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. So she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die. There I will be buried. May the Lord do thus, and so to me, and more as well, even if death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. So the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they came to Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them, and the women said, Is this Naomi? She said to them, 
Call me no longer Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has dealt harshly with me and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? So Naomi returned together with Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, who came back with her from the country of Moab. They came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. The second reading is from Matthew chapter 5, 3 through 9. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. So good morning, boys and girls. It's now time for the children's message, or as I like to say, for all of us who are still children at heart. So I am sure everyone here has heard and probably sung the song, If You're Happy. You know the one I'm talking about. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, then your face will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. I wonder how that song would go if it were sung by a bunch of birds. Maybe it would go like this. If you're happy and you know it, flap your wings. Flap, flap. What do you think a dog would do to show that he was happy? Wag his tail? If you're happy and you know it, wag your tail. Swish, swish. If you're happy and you know it, wag your tail. Swish, swish. If you're happy and you know it, then your tail will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, wag your tail. Swish, swish. So that reminds me of a story I heard about a little puppy that noticed whenever he was happy, his tail wagged. So the thought, he thought he had found the secret to happiness. One day he shared that secret of happiness with an older dog. He said, I have learned that the best thing for a dog is happiness and that happiness is in my tail. So I am going to chase my tail, and when I catch it, I shall have happiness. The old dog replied, I too believe that happiness is a marvelous thing for a dog, and that happiness is in my tail. But I have noticed that when I chase it, my tail keeps running away from me. But when I go about my business, it follows me wherever I go. The Bible has a lot to say about being happy. It doesn't say, happy are they who have a lot of money, or happy are they who live in big houses and drive fancy cars. It doesn't even say, happy are they who only have good things happen to them. What the Bible does say is, happy are the merciful, happy are the peacemakers, and happy are the pure in heart. The Bible also says, happy is he who trusts in the Lord. Many of us are like that little puppy chasing his tail, trying to find true happiness that is always just out of our reach. What we need to do is learn that if we just go about our business and trust in the Lord, happiness will follow us wherever we go. God is with us all the time, and the more we know how God is with us, the better we are to receive God's help to make those things happen that both God and us want to see happen. So could you please bow your head, fold your hands, and join me in prayer. Dear Lord, help us to place your trust, 
our trust in you so that we may experience the happiness that only you can bring. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Happiness is to know the Savior, living a life within his favor, having a change in my behavior. Happiness is the Lord. Happiness is a new creation, Jesus and me with close relation, having a part in his salvation. Happiness is the Lord. Happiness is to be forgiven, living a life that's worth the living, taking a trip that leads to heaven. Happiness is the Well, this is a fun text today. Uh, Ruth is kind of one of my favorite scripture heroes. You don't get many women in the Bible that are heroes and, uh, and uh, do what she did. And uh, we'll talk more next week, I would guess, on some of the joys that came her way. But this week we talk about her, her love and her fierce uh, compassion and wanting to be with her mother-in-law. And... Um, it, it, it's really a special passage. We use a lot of what uh, she says uh, to her mom or mother-in-law when she talks about where you go, I will go. And uh, a lot of times in marriages and so forth, they use it. But this is just two women who uh, had experienced a lot of hurt, a lot of sorrow, and now how they stuck together. I want to read from the... Uh, narrative again, the theme. The main idea is that Ruth remained loyal to Naomi despite the challenges they faced together. Likely one of the most familiar quotes from today's text is Ruth to Naomi, your God will be my God. As much as we want to praise Ruth for choosing God, when we look deeper, she wasn't choosing God as much as she was choosing Naomi. Naomi had moved from Bethlehem in Judah to Moab. The two countries were not enemies, but they certainly had strained relationship over the years. The Moabites were descendants of Lot by incest with his daughters. Even in Moab, Naomi remained faithful to God. But God was not good to Naomi. She lost her husband and then her two sons, leaving her two daughter-in-laws and no grandchildren. Ruth's husband was one of Naomi's sons, who died despite being loyal to God. So God had done no favors to Naomi or to Ruth. But when Naomi learned the famine in Bethlehem was over, she decided to return home alone. She did not want her bitter hardships to continue to plague her daughters-in-law. Orpah returned to her family of origin, but Ruth did not. Ruth's love for Naomi was so fierce, she was willing to give up her lodging, her people, her gods just to be with Naomi. She would even take on the lodging people and God of Naomi, even though none had done anything for her. The two women returned to Bethlehem homeless, widowed, and poor. It would be a hard life for them both, or so we thought. 
I'd like to share, uh, I had a neighbor who, uh, when she was young, got polio and was paralyzed uh, with her, her legs and had to have, uh, not cast, but uh, uh, for helping walk and so forth. So it, it was a tough go for her. She had a hard time getting around and sometimes it was not always easy. And she wrote a devotional about her and her mom. And it's a little similar to what Ruth and Naomi had, only more, maybe in more modern terms. I can't go on with my life, I told my mother over the phone. It has no meaning. I see no reason for living. My mother told me she would come over immediately. I could hear the urgency in her voice. As my mother hung up the phone, she already knew from past conversations how depressed I felt. She realized how I'd planned to go back to teaching after having raised my daughter to early childhood. Now she sensed along with me that that was nearly impossible, though the timing was right. I simply didn't have the physical strength necessary to resume teaching, and we both knew it. When my mother arrived, I expected the usual lecture about looking on the bright side of life and refusing to dwell on the negative. Instead, mom quietly asked if I would sit with her on the sofa. As we sat down, mom pointed to the picture, the ugly bird painted by my favorite artist, which hung in my, on my living room wall. She asked me to explain who I saw in this picture and to tell her what this figure was doing. I told her I saw a formless figure holding a fragile, scraggly bird. I asked mom the same question she'd asked me. Mom explained her explanation, interpretation. She told me she saw a person who mirrored deep faith. And as she moved closer to the picture, she named him Jesus. He was the one holding this scraggly, fragile bird in his arms. Holding me in her arms, Mom concluded her thoughts. I think you see yourself as this ugly, hopeless bird. You need someone to hold you. I will hold you as long as I am able. Jesus, however, will hold you forever, just like he does in the picture. Someday I wouldn't see myself as ugly and hopeless. Christ would change that, Mom reassured me. She held me for a long time, then quietly left. I wonder what kind of experiences I'll go through and which lessons I'll learn at his side as Jesus changes me into the hopeful and confident woman he intends me to be. As Jesus helped me become this woman, I will be renewed in my baptism and led to his arms of forgiveness with new meaning or purpose in my life. Faye Hill Thompson wrote that, and she has been a joy to know over the years. But she kind of reminds me of Naomi and of Ruth, only this time it was the daughter, Ruth, who was helping Naomi, the mother. Naomi, Naomi was bitter, lonely, and hurting. Some of us can relate to that, can't we? There are times that we get to that point where we are lonely, 
we don't think there's much hope. We need people who will hold us. And most of all, we need to remember that those people will be Jesus to us and help us to know how he holds us. Wendy Foy Green wrote a contemporary song called As Long As You Need Me. She had written it after one of her own life experiences where her dear friend was on vacation and asked her mom to take care of their three-year-old son. And on that day, the son, one of the days, the little son had accidentally kicked over a can of gasoline in the garage. Charlene took him outside in the yard to play and then she went back to the garage to clean up the spill. However, while she was in the garage, the gasoline spread and was ignited by the hot water heater. In an instant, their house exploded and her life was taken. Her, her friend was devastated and she spoke through uncontrollable tears. It was a little while after that, after she'd gone to the funeral and had cried with her friend, she wrote this song. As long as you need me. Didn't have anything that I could say. There were no words to make it go away. Didn't have the answers to give you. No rhyme or reason made it less true. Can't hide the sorrow in your eyes. Sometime healing just takes time. As long as you need me, I'm going to be here. I'll bring some laughter to dry your tears as long as you need me. You just hold me near till the pain disappears. You know I'm here. Life can be hard, so hard to bear, and sometimes living is so unfair. There's nothing to blame, just the way it is. One season fades and another begins. Can't hide the sorrow in your eyes. Sometimes healing just takes time. Love saves a heart that's torn, and hope can be reborn. I think that's what we're beginning to see here is what Ruth and Naomi were beginning to experience. They were coming to the place, although things didn't look good, they were coming to the place where they would soon again see hope. They would again see God's grace and and help in bringing them to a new place. But that's for another Sunday to talk about. Today we talk about how their fierce love for each other helped them through the dark walk home. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. The people that you have, I will have. The God you have, I will have. And I will do this till death part us. Ruth was committed to being with her mother-in-law. She held her mother-in-law in love and in care and support. And in return, Naomi did that also, as we will hear later on in the story. It's a very special love that took place because God had moved even when they couldn't see it. And in the midst of the bitterness and the death and the loneliness of their family, God was still there even though they couldn't feel it. But the love they had for each other that God had given them held them together. And so they walked, yeah, quietly home. There's another little story that uh, is kind of interesting. Uh, it was about a special love 
that's a little different, but it, it helps us understand how God moves through this thing that he is, that we say God is love, and where he brings us to our knees as we remember that it's not always the beautiful and the uh, brightest that God loves, but he loves all people. In fact, I look at Saul when they brought him on as king of Israel, the first king. It says in the scriptures he was a, a full head higher than everyone else. He was evidently good looking. He had all the characteristics that people thought would make for a great king. But it was the last son, the seventh son of Jesse, David, who ended up being the king that changed the world there. Moses Mendelssohn was one of the 18th century's most brilliant thinkers, the son of a poor scribe. Mendelssohn's pioneering scholarship was acclaimed by both Jewish and Christian teachers throughout Germany. Though himself an observant Jew, several of his children converted to Christianity. His grandson, Felix Mendelssohn, the composer, was born a Christian. When it was time for Moses to marry, his father made arrangements for his warm and compassionate son to wed Frommet Guggenheim, a rich, young, and beautiful woman. But they had never met. What made this union extraordinary was not only the humble origins of Mendelssohn, but his physical appearance. Though he had a brilliant mind, he was small, ugly, and a hunchback. A party was arranged for the two to meet, and while he was deeply engrossed in conversation, she had an opportunity to observe him from a distance and was immediately repulsed. She emphatically informed her father that the engagement was off. When Moses was informed that the woman did not wish to marry him, he requested and was granted a conversation with her alone. They talked quietly for a few moments before Mendelssohn said, I wish to tell you a story. As you know, he began, all marriages are arranged in heaven. Before I was born, an angel was escorting me to earth. I asked if it was possible for me to see the woman God had selected for me. The angel answered that though it was highly unusual, he did not think it was impossible. I was granted one look, and to my astonishment, the woman had an ugly hump on her back. I pleaded with God, it is not fair that a woman be a hunchback. She will be the object of scorn and contempt. I beg you, give me the hump and let her be well, formed and beautiful. Mendelssohn was silent for a moment before he concluded. God heard my prayer and granted my wish. I am that boy and you are that girl. From it, looked at Moses Mendelssohn and viewed him with very different eyes. The man she now saw and later married was wonderfully attractive a man of warmth and compassion. We'll talk about this more next week when we talk more about Ruth. But what we need to remember is that sometimes we look at God and we think he's cruel, he's angry and bitter and mad at us and that he does us no favors. When we hear of Jesus coming to this world, taking on flesh and blood and dwelling among us, he was not good looking. He was not someone that people would turn their heads to look at. But he took on, if you will, our ugliness, our hunchback, our deformities. 
so that we could be beautiful, so that we could again learn to have hope and life with the special love that God gives us and that he gives us. As you go through this week, may you take a good look at other people. May you have that very special love that has the fierceness of Ruth, that is willing to hold other folks that you love and that you care about. And do it as long as you can to show them that God also is holding them. One of the privileges I have working with the three congregations here are the number of people that are shut-ins or who don't get to get out because of physical ailments or limitations. What a joy it is to talk with them. And if you will, to offer Jesus in communion. What a joy it is to see the smile that comes across their face, to know that they are still special as we pray together. I have that privilege, but we all have that privilege. It's my calling now as, as a minister, but it is all of our callings as ministers to love God's people, to go where they are, to where they stay, and to share this wonderful God and to hold them in love. May your week be a special one of loving God's people. Amen. Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. The fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. Before our Father's throne, we We share our mutual woes, our mutual burdens bear, and often for each other flows the sympathizing tear. When we asunder part, it We shall still be joined in heart and hope to meet again. We continue as we share our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary and suffering under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again, and he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, 
and the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. that God acts on our behalf, we pray for the church, the world, and all those in need. Gracious God, in spite of hardship, Ruth and Naomi remained faithful to each other, trusting in your power to sustain them. Show us how to live faithfully as they did, and help us to trust you in all things. God, in your mercy, you hear our prayer. Teach humility to those who lead and confidence to those who follow. Bring justice into this world and make us instruments of your peace. God, in your mercy, you hear our prayer. With bitterness, we sing songs of grief, illness, addiction, isolation, abuse, and ne neglect. For all who suffer, we pray your mercy and healing. Especially today, we remember Damon Tymon, Becky Anderson, Arlene Johnson, Craig Olson, Jean Hoisington, Kelsey Zamuda, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Christina Burgett, Helen Erickson, Gar Gary Fredrickson, Randy Goglin, Rachel Seacrest, Julie Dubois, Jim Wade, Scott Morgan, Maury and Lee Nicholson, Dave Christensen, Helen Jorgensen, Edna Henriksen, Richard Roos, Shirley Lentz, and Ida Martinson. God, in your mercy, you hear our prayer. Remind us that this world is not too big for our compassion. Show us how to act in love for all people, no matter how distant from us, no matter how different they may seem. God, in your mercy, you hear our prayer. With gratitude for your faithfulness, we pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. <clears throat> As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, your home congregation, the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and to serve our neighbors. 
Gracious and holy God, bless these tithes and offerings we have given for the sake of the kingdom. Let the grace and generosity of the Father be the light that guides us, the compassion of the Son to be the love that inspires us, and the presence of the Spirit to be the power that moves us. Amen. When the church celebrates Holy Communion, we gather with all the saints from every time and place to hear again the story of God's power and the love shown to us through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. So if you would uh, get the bread and the wine or grape juice out, we will celebrate communion together now. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body, broken for you. Do this as oft as you eat it in remembrance of me. Again after supper he took the wine, gave thanks, and gave it to all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now let us taste and see that the Lord is good. Take the bread or wafer, and as you eat it, hear this promise from Jesus, the body of Christ broken for you. Now take the wine or grape juice, and as you drink it, hear this promise from Jesus, the blood of Christ shed for you. Now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you to life everlasting. Amen. Called to walk together as the body of Christ, let us abide with one another in peace. Thanks be to God. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Amen. Go tell it on the mountain. God made the earth and the mighty seas. Go tell it on the mountain that God has made the world. But who shall climb the mountain and stand in the holy place? The one who has a pure heart whose sin has been erased. Go tell it on the mountain, God made the earth and the mighty seas. Go tell it on the mountain, that God has made the world. And you receive a blessing from God who is love and grace. For you're the generation 
of those who seek his face. Go tell it on the mountain, God made the earth and the mighty seas. Go tell it on the mountain, that God has made the world. Lift up your heads, O portals, lift up your ancient doors. The King of glory enters and reigns forevermore. Go tell it on the mountain, God made the earth and the mighty seas. Go tell it on the mountain, that God has made the world. Sing glory to the Father and glory to the Son and glory to the Spirit whose life will make us one. Go tell it on the mountain God made the earth and the mighty seas. Go tell it on the mountain that God has made the Let us sing now, everyone. Let us feel his love begun. Let us join our hands that the world will know. We are one in the bond of love. Thank you for listening to A Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amory, Wisconsin. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. God will take care of you through every day.